On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, Tesla's vehicles are now 100% animal product free, and Indiana Police Department takes their police cruiser fleet into the 21st century. A few updates from Elon Musk on what features are on the way with the upcoming software version 10 and more. What's happening, friends? I'm Ryan McCaffrey. To my left, Daisy the Boxer Puppy. This is episode 214 of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast for September 8th, 2019. And I uh, am once again recording a little early this week, recording Thursday night late, because I have to tell you, I was super lucky to get tickets with a friend of mine to see uh, the San Francisco Symphony on Friday night uh, with special guests Metallica. Yes, it's it's a thing called SNM2. They did this 20 years ago where they uh, Metallica played with the symphony. And if you're thinking, that sounds strange. Does that actually work? Well, look it up on YouTube. Uh, Metallica fans love it. It's really fantastic. It was a one-off. They did it 20 years ago. They, everybody, all the fans thought they'd never do it again. And here they are uh, doing it 20 years later. And I was lucky enough to score tickets. So I, my wallet's crying, but I, I'm only crying tears of joy. It's super looking forward to that. So needed to get the show done here on Thursday night. I thought that was that's always the better option uh, than doing it later on Saturday so that the friends on Patreon who support me and get the early access can get it earlier rather than later. So as always, if there is any major news that drops on Friday and I miss it by recording here on Thursday night. I will pick it up for you next week. So let's get started. We'll get to it. First up, Tesla confirming that the Model 3 interior is now 100% vegan, 100% animal product free. The last holdout piece was the steering wheel. That was still leather. Basically, if you, if any Tesla, all of you out there that own Teslas, our steering wheels are all leather. But uh, moving forward, that seems as though it will no longer be the case, uh, which is going to be good news to a lot of people. Uh, curious to see how the synthetic will hold up over time. If you recall, back at the shareholder meeting, Elon had commented on this when a, a shareholder, who's also a representative from the People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals, got up and asked about it. And Elon had said that they were still working on uh, the durability of the synthetic compared to uh, the, the, the actual animal leather. So no word yet on whether or not cars are already delivering this way, or if it's a production change that's starting now for cars that are going to be delivering in the coming few weeks. So if you've got an order right now, if you're waiting for a model three, there is a, I would say it's at least a coin flips chance that you're going to get the new synthetic steering wheel. Now, if you have a Tesla, if you have a Model 3 and you're interested in switching, you would like to have a vegan steering wheel, you can get that. So professional race car driver, noted vegan, and uh, noted Tesla owner, Leilani Munter, she got what appears to be the very first retrofit. She's been very uh, vocal and enthusiastic about this for some time. According to her, 
On Twitter, it is about $550 for the new wheel itself, plus a $50 installation fee, and she was able to get it installed as a mobile service appointment, which makes perfect sense. That's a, a relatively simplistic job. Car doesn't have to get you know, put up on, uh, on uh, a lift or anything like that to make that happen. So now, again, you, you could argue that this came about because of the PETA representatives that have attended the last at least few, if not several, Tesla shareholders meetings. And, and every time that representative would get up, get up and uh, ask the question, I'm not sure if it's been the same representative, uh, but that person would ask Elon about removing animal products from the cars, and uh, they've made progress. I mean, if you remember, it was not that long ago, just a few years ago, that all of the seats in the Teslas, of course, at the time, the, the S and X, as the three wasn't out yet, but all the seats in the S and X were leather seats. And then Tesla transitioned over to the uh, the synthetic, you know, animal-free vegan seats, uh, which went straight into the Model 3 on day one. And now here we are taking the next step and what appears to be uh, seemingly the final step there and making the steering wheel vegan. So uh, I wonder if we'll hear from that PETA representative slash shareholder at next year's shareholder meeting or if it's uh, if it is indeed mission accomplished now I would imagine so but but there you go I mean that is an example as D the boxer puppy uh, chugs some water behind me if you can hear that 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 shareholders speaking up made a uh, affected change at the company I mean we've we've seen this on many many levels from you know tweets on up to share Tesla shareholder uh, meeting comments so it's you know Tesla has always been a a company that is receptive to feedback from their owners and from their community. So this is great to see. And uh, yeah, I'll be, I'm eager to just see one of the new wheels just to feel it. I just kind of want to feel if there's any real tactile difference uh, or not. So if, uh, if I run into you and you've got a brand new Tesla, I might, <laughs> I might want to check it out, but yeah, I'll be curious when I, when I can get a look at that. Next up this week, this is, I think it's just a super cool news story. Bargersville, Indiana. I'm not sure if I have any listeners out there. If I do, you probably already heard this story on the local news, but uh, Bargersville is turning to Tesla for its fleet of police cruisers. They've started with one, and it's out on the road, and I want to go ahead and play you the audio from WISH News 8's Aaliyah Horges. In Indianapolis, uh, Hodges, pardon me, the, the R is silent there. She did. Aaliyah Hodges uh, giving the story, the lowdown on what's happening with the police cruisers in Bargersville, Indiana. Local police department will see a unique fleet of law enforcement vehicles. Yeah, Bargersville is adding a new Tesla, and that's saving taxpayer money as well. Wish TV's Aaliyah Hodges explains how much they'll save and when they'll be out on the street. This Tesla will be out on the street as early as Friday. It's what the Barkersville Police Department believes is the new future for all city and local law enforcement. They unveiled their brand new Tesla Model 3 to the community today. Barkersville police say the electric car is environmentally friendly. And the best part is there's no fuel required or loud engine. Especially at nighttime, uh, the sound of the cars, when we're trying to come up on something a little bit more uh, discreetly than what we would normally come up with during the daytime, It'll help out with that. We have a lot of back alleys out in the in the old town. It's also cost efficient for the department. We need to hire new people, and 
that all raises the attack rate. So the goal is to kind of keep that low as much as we can. The Tesla will save taxpayers around $6,000 on average per year. The police department plans to replace their Dodge Chargers with them. Right now, they're spending more than $8,000 a year on gas, oil, and insurance on each vehicle. Even the tires and the windshield wipers are cheaper on the Tesla than on the Dodge Charger. So just maintenance, regular police maintenance that we're going to be doing. The new ride also makes an officer's job more convenient as they can start the vehicle from their smartphone. In the wintertime, that is definitely going to be an outstanding asset to us as opposed to going outside, starting the car up and getting it warm, having it warm up. The police department hopes to add four more Teslas to their fleet in the future. Reporting in Bargersville, I'm Aliyah Hodges, Wish TV News. Thanks to Tesla New York, Tesla NY on Twitter for finding that. How cool is that? Bargersville gets it. You guys get it out there. The cars are quiet for discreet police work, and they're cheaper to operate and maintain. Very cool to hear that they're going to be adding four more as well. Uh, I would have to imagine that other nearby towns will be watching this closely. I'm sure various uh, police departments talk to each other about, hey, how's that Tesla thing working? You know, how's this? How's that? And I would imagine that if this goes well, and I see no reason why it wouldn't, hopefully other uh, areas nearby will follow suit. And then, with any luck, it'll spread from there, and we'll start to see more Model 3s as police cruisers across the country, and hey, all over the world. Why not? Great stuff. I love that story. Next this week, just a few minor updates from Elon Musk on Twitter this week in the uh, semi-regular segment here on this podcast, unofficially known as the Musk Minute. So uh, a few features are on the way, and some, if not all of them, will arrive as soon as with version 10, which Elon mentioned could be going out to early access, folks, as soon as next week. So for Tesla insurance, uh, the ability to display your insurance card, file claims, and things like that are all going to be integrated into the Tesla app. That was uh, confirmed by Elon in a response to someone asking about those very things. Also, the backup camera feed. This has been actually a hot topic of discussion on this podcast and the Ride the Lightning Hotline. People have called in about this, wondering about this. I had wondered if it was a, uh, a bandwidth issue, a, a storage issue. But here we go. The backup camera feed is coming to the dash cam. So that should make a lot of people happy. That should certainly help simplify things uh, in case of uh, a rear-end accident, but it could could be very useful also for vandalism, for, I mean, hopefully none of you run into any of these things, and not hopefully none of us, myself included, I'm not looking to run into any of that stuff, but uh, that will be good to have as, uh, as part of the dash cam suite. Hopefully the software is going to get a little smarter with that, because, you know, with those additional features, will come just an even larger mess of files. Now, I know there have been some third-party, uh, some community people that have have put together viewers that, that stitches together the three feeds as we have them now, and I imagine those programs will evolve to include this backup camera feed, but hopefully Tesla's working on something internally for that as well. Perhaps even, I mean, I'd love to see it through the Tesla app. Hopefully that's functionality that is, uh, that is on their list to integrate into the app itself. Next up, 
uh, the remember karaoke mode with the you know the lyrics that would show up on the screen for the songs with the little bouncy ball, so you could you could be having a nice sing along karaoke time at uh, at the supercharger while just you know just just rock out a little bit, have a little fun, a little sing along while you're juicing up. Well, that apparently will be debuting in version ten. I feel like we hadn't heard about that in a while, so that's cool. Along with also in version ten. Remember recently, the I'm feeling lucky and I'm feeling silly buttons in the navigation system, those are being implemented into version 10. So I'm really curious to see what those actually do in practice. Because Elon had mentioned uh, it, it sort of going off of destinations that other Tesla owners had frequented in that area. So uh, I wonder. I wonder what that will will end up being like in practice. And then finally, more phone updates stuff in the Tesla app coming to version ten. Notably, the all new the Smart Summon interface will be totally revamped, totally new. So that's certainly that's probably the single headline feature. Maybe that along with YouTube and Netflix. Um, in fact, that's. When you kind of think about, okay, well, what is, now that we've got a little more information, what does version 10 look like? Well, it's looking like Netflix, YouTube, probably at least one more game, because Elon had just casually mentioned games as part of V10. That is probably going to be Cuphead, if I had to imagine, because he's talked about, he, he mentioned on Twitter uh, not too long ago that, that that would be out in August, and Hey, when you factor in Elon time, well, September <laughs> sounds about right for that. So Netflix, YouTube, at least one more game that's probably Cuphead, Smart Summon, the backup camera for the dash cam feeds, those new navigation destination buttons. This is going to be a really fun update. I mean, this, you know, V10, it's a it's a significant upgrade uh, update with a lot of features and and it's it's shaping up rather nicely. This should be super fun. So We'll be on the lookout for that in the coming few weeks here. Next story this week, I don't often do Tesla energy stories. It's not my forte. I'm more interested in the cars. But I did want to pass this along because this is just great to hear. So Tesla's Powerwall 2 systems are helping Zimbabwe change the landscape of its local telecom networks. 520 Powerwall 2s, to be precise. This is reported on by Tesla Radi. I quote them. They report, quote, Zimbabwe is a country that usually faces a shortage of physical cash. With this in mind, the Southern African country has widely embraced digital financial transaction systems, a notable part of which is conducted through mobile devices. Unfortunately, the country is also prone to power outages, with some lasting as long as 18 hours per day. Quote, telecommunications have become the lifeblood of the economy. If the telecom network is down in Zimbabwe, you can't do any transactions, said Norman Moyo, the chief executive officer of Distributed Power Africa, in a quote to Bloomberg. Econet notes that the Powerwall 2 batteries are designed to step in at times when the base station's solar panels are not generating enough electricity. Each pair of Tesla Powerwalls could power a base station for as long as 10 hours on their own, according to the telecom provider. So that is just great to see. 
Uh, in fact, I'm going to actually hold my commentary for just a second because on a related topic, as uh, Tesla has done in the face of, of just about every major disaster situation, you know, weather kind of disaster, Tesla will be unlocking all, well, they already have. I mean, by the time you, you hear this, they've unlocked all software locked car batteries as well as making uh, supercharging free for those affected by Hurricane Dorian down in the Bahamas and the, the Gulf Coast of the United States. Elon confirming this uh, prior to it happening, you know, as the hurricane was starting to bear down. Uh, my friend Trevor from Tesla Owners Online had asked Elon this, and Elon replied with a simple yes when asked if Tesla would be doing so in the face of that just devastating Category 5 hurricane that, uh, that, that you know, left a lot of a lot of damage uh, over this past week. Now, I wanted to highlight both of these stories because it's honestly this. Number one, I do like to be positive about about everything. If you follow me at IGN, I, I try to shy away from the the reactionary negativity. I mean, it's video games. It should be fun. And, and I really, I try to apply that philosophy to my whole life, you know, because it's, there's just it's so there's just so much negativity in the world that you know I don't know if you've noticed it or not on this podcast or or if it's something that that you um, like or not but you know I do try to keep this po- this podcast positive and enthusiastic and you know I'll call out Tesla when I need to you know I have before and I, I will again but um, in this case the I, the reason I wanted to do these stories and and just mention them to you is because. I think it's important to tell people about these kinds of efforts. I'm not looking to, you know, butter up Tesla or or just, you know, try to get on their good side or anything like that. I mean, that's not, you know, they don't even pay attention to me probably. I mean, I'm just I'm just out here doing my thing, but I say these because again, you know, Tesla is they're a young, they're a fast-growing company. And they do make mistakes. As I said, I do talk about that stuff when it happens. They don't always get it right. But here's the thing. Here's my point here. Is in my humble opinion, Tesla pretty much always tries to do the right thing, even if they don't always get it right. You know, when mistakes come up, I say things on this podcast. You know, I, I tend to say, you've, you've heard me say it before if you've listened for a while, that I will that I give Elon and or Tesla the benefit of the doubt. And when I say that, stories like this are why. So, you know, cuz cuz I believe that they have earned the benefit of the doubt uh when when you know little things, little mistakes come up. And I really do think that they are genuinely always trying to do the right thing even if they don't always get it right. So, kudos to Tesla here and and you know more importantly just Best wishes to all of those affected uh, by Dory, and I hope everybody and their families are safe. I don't know if anybody listening to this podcast uh, was was particularly impacted. I mean, I hope not. I hope you were not. But um, but yeah, good stuff from Tesla. Uh, you know, I hope I wish there weren't these natural disaster kind of situations that that necessitated Tesla having to unlock car batteries and, and free and turns flip supercharging over to free. But, um, you know, such is the way it is and, and good on them for doing the right thing. Just a couple more notes. These last two bits are more public service announcements than anything else. Um, 
this is this is not news at all. But yeah, I, I would just call this a public service announcement. And this, I'm particularly addressing new Tesla owners out there because I know there are plenty of you. There are plenty of you that found me from the Elon interview. There are plenty of you, uh, however long you've been listening, that that have recently gotten your cars. And uh, the public service announcement is this. If you're parked at a supercharger or really any public charging station, please make sure that you are plugged in while you are there. I bring this up because I see posts on the, the Tesla Motors Reddit on a pretty regular basis of people who've parked at superchargers or, again, some other public chargers without plugging in, thinking that those are just Tesla spots or electric vehicle parking spots. So just, you know, a, a friendly, polite note that this is, that is not the case. People need those charging spots to get where they're going. And, and here's the thing. I want to be super clear. I'm quite certain that the overwhelming, like 99% of those people that have, that have done that uh, they're not doing so maliciously. I think it's just a, a new owner thing. And I, and I totally get it because there is a lot of new stuff to learn and to process and to get used to when you make the switch from an internal combustion engine vehicle over to a Tesla, over to an electric vehicle. And let's be honest, I've said it before, Tesla doesn't always do the greatest job on its own of educating new owners about things like charging etiquette in public. So if you just picked up your car and you're out charging in public for the first time, just make sure, be considerate of others. And here's another just, you know, word of advice. If you ever have any questions about anything at a supercharger, at a public charger, uh, just don't hesitate to ask another Tesla owner. In my experience, just about every Tesla owner I've ever met at a supercharger is more than happy to answer questions for you, or to just talk Tesla while you're there hanging out and charging up. So there, <laughs> there ends that public service announcement. And I've got one more. This one is specific to California, but I know I've, I've dug into my metrics before. I know I've got a lot of California listeners out there, so I'll keep this quick for the rest of you that this doesn't affect. But I just received this letter today from PG&E, if they are your utility provider, as they I know they are for a lot of Californians. Uh, the EV1, uh, pardon me, the EVA rate plan, which is what I have been on since I got my car, and a lot of you probably are too. And by the way, if you're not, I would personally recommend it. It probably is going to be beneficial to you if you have an electric vehicle, because otherwise you're just on the regular tier plan, and the more electricity you use, regardless of the time of day, you're going to just keep bumping up into higher and more expensive tiers. So if you go to the electric vehicle plan, which is now the EV2A plan uh, that's going to be going into effect in November of 2019, you're probably going to save money. I can tell you now that I've had my car for over a year, my monthly PG&E utility bill, it honestly, it has barely moved. It just... Because I make sure I schedule the car to charge during the off-peak hours when it's super cheap. And it's just, you know, it's the car, the, the electric cars are so cheap to operate, particularly when you're charging them uh, on those cheaper off-peak power rates. But anyway, for you fellow PG&E uh, 
plan holders. The EVA rate plan is closing in November 2019, uh, when customers will be automatically transitioned to the new home charging EV2A rate plan. Uh, this change is being implemented to shift and expand off-peak hours when demand for electricity is lower overnight and when renewable energy is more abundant during the middle of the day. So here's how it's changing. The off-peak hours were, or currently still are, 11 p.m. to 7 a.m. That's going to be moving to midnight, 12 a.m., but then up to 3 p.m. So, you know, you could off, those off-peak rates are going to be... Uh, in the morning too, which is pretty cool. Uh, and then I, I'll, I'll skip the partial peak for time's sake. And then peak hours, i.e. when you probably don't want to charge your car if you can avoid it, because this is when it would cost the most. The peak hours are currently 2 to 9 p.m. Those are changing, they're reducing to 4 p.m. to 9 p.m. So uh, again, this goes into effect. You're probably going to get a letter uh, if you're a customer just like I did, but wanted to pass this along anyway, just to make sure that you are all aware. So that's November of 2019. You're going to want to get in the habit of scheduling your car uh, to charge at midnight or later overnight. So hope that helps some of you. And that wraps it up for the week's Tesla news. Stick with me, though. As always, I've got a bunch more fantastic phone calls from all of you guys in the Ride the Lightning hotline coming up right after this. Before I get going in the Ride the Lightning hotline this week, I want to mention that the monthly Patreon-exclusive bonus episode is up for those of you at that tier or higher backing me on Patreon. There are 15 awesome calls on that particular episode, topics including podcast playback bugs when using your phone in the car, Model 3's automatic windshield wiper functionality, uh, location sharing for the Tesla nav system, uh, let's see, some tips, some, uh, the idea of upgrading a mid-range Model 3, some sentry mode stuff, video games in the car, air suspension on Model 3 and Model Y, Spotify versus Slacker, etc., etc. Uh, the callers this month, if, if you hear your name on this list and you're not uh, backing me on Patreon, I am happy to give you a one-time uh, access to this episode so that you can hear your call. I'm more than happy to do that. Josh from Mississippi, who for reasons when you hear it, you'll understand is the real MVP of this month's bonus episode. Eric from Ridgecrest, Mark from Iowa, Doug, Cecilia from California, the other Brian from Pennsylvania, as he self-identifies, Danny from Orange, Will, uh, a caller from Norway whose name I think I accidentally got wrong, <laughs> Rob from San, the San Francisco East Bay, Joe from New York, and Andres from Miami. So thanks to everybody who continues to participate in the Ride the Lightning hotline, I try to get to as many calls here on the regular weekly show as possible. That's why I kindly ask you to keep those calls to a minute and a half, 90 seconds or less. So there are two ways you can participate. You probably know the drill by now, but just in case, if you want to have it handy, uh, these are the two ways to call in. Take your question, comment, or discussion topic, and you can either dial in and leave a message on the Ride the Lightning hotline. The toll-free number to call is 1-888-989-8752. One more time, it's 1-888-989-TSLA. Or you can use your smartphone's built-in voice recording software, 
record that 90 second or less call, and then email the file to me at teslapodcast at gmail.com. And the Ride the Lightning hotline is kindly provided by lifeonrecord.com. So if you know someone special out there with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake. And one more time, it's lifeonrecord.com if you want to learn more about that. Let's get started with Damon from Northbrook, Illinois, with a question and a tip. Go ahead, Damon. Hi, Ryan. This is Damon out of Northbrook, Illinois again. I have a question and some tips. I just listened to your episode 212, and at the end you gave the tip of the week from Stefan. I just want to say that I've been using a similar method for rapidly cooling or heating the car when you get into it. Since Tesla lets you record multiple profiles, I just make a duplicate of my profile that lets you have the fans on high with the cool down low and I just tap that and instantly my car gets cooler or hotter depending on which profile I use and uh, it saves a lot of swipes and strokes on the screen and allows you to put everything back the way you like it when the car gets to the temperature you like by just reselecting the other profile. My question is regarding the premium um, audio and maps on the standard range Model 3, which my Model 3 is. And during one update, I had a full uh, access to all of those features uh, for like one night and had the maps and had the audio and had everything uh, in the premium package. And then the next morning, it just went away. So I know the car is capable of doing it, but it doesn't seem to be an option in the store or any place else that I can I can find to buy it. Curious if you have any more information on being able to get the premium audio navigation in the uh, um, Model 3 Standard Range Plus. All right. Thanks for all you do. Really appreciate the podcast. Take care. Bye. Thank you for your call, Damon. Uh, the bad news is that as of this recording, Standard Range Plus owners cannot upgrade to the premium connectivity package. The good news, however, is that many, many people are asking for it. And as you well noted, it's just a software tweak, so Tesla can do it, and there's no reason for them to leave that revenue on the table. None. Zero. It's, <laughs> it's, in fact, it's arguably a bad idea to be leaving that uh, money on the table. So thus, I am very confident in saying that it will happen, but to be clear, this is that's just me talking. That's not a I don't have a source, I don't have anything else, but I am very confident saying that it will happen, but I just unfortunately have no idea when. I can tell you I have done my diligence and emailed Tesla about this before to the PR team about a month or so ago in response to another caller who'd who'd written in uh wondering or called in about the same thing. And that I did not receive a response that time, unfortunately. The I found with with the, when I email Tesla stuff, sometimes I, they reply, sometimes they don't. I think it's probably just a mix of how busy they are. I mean, I'm I'm always going to be the lowest thing on their priority list, and I totally totally understand that, and I'm not offended by that. Um, so it's you know how busy are they, and can they answer the question? Because you know sometimes I've learned from working with PR people over the last, gosh, 17 years now of, uh, of my career that 
you know, sometimes in PR, sometimes saying nothing is the better way to go if you don't have um, necessarily good news to share. So I'm not necessarily saying that's the case here, but just sort of trying to give you a little extra context uh, for for why I may not have received a response on that. But anyway, uh, while I, I obviously currently can't offer any definitive updates, I am very, very confident that it's inevitable. So fingers crossed on that. Let me go to James from the Bay Area up next. He got a chance to test out Tesla's new in-house glass replacement service. James, why don't you tell us about it? Hey, Ryan, how's it going? It's James from the Bay Area. Yeah, you recently did a story on um, how you can now select the glass replacement option inside the Tesla app on your phone when you go ahead and um, schedule service. Well, I had the unfortunate pleasure of uh, catching a rock right in the windshield right after you did that story and created a large crack. So uh, no big deal. I went ahead and called my insurance. They were going to set me up with a company, you know, that they recommended. And uh, I got an email from the company shortly after, and they said, yeah, we're going to replace your glass, but after we're done, you need to go to Tesla so they can go ahead and recalibrate your forward-facing c- cameras. Now, this is news to me. I didn't know this, obviously. This is the, my first, you know, windshield replacement in my Model 3. But I just didn't know anything about this. So I went ahead and canceled the appointment with the third-party vendor and decided to just schedule it through Tesla. doesn't make any sense for me to have them, the third party, replace the glass, and then now i got to go to Tesla to have them recalibrate the cameras. Uh, anyways, yeah, went in the app, selected glass replacement, bada-boom, bada-bing, had a, uh appointment, dropped my car off that morning. And uh, was able to pick it up that afternoon, and I came back to a nice brand new windshield. Not too bad. So, you know, I guess I was the guinea pig, you know, to go ahead and try it out. But it does work. It does. All right, Ryan, talk to you soon. I'm really glad everything worked out for you on that, James. But yeah, I suspect the third-party installer recommended by your uh, insurance company was probably just covering their bases. I was told that the new windshields include an entire new mirror and camera housing assembly. So when it goes in, that's why it has to calibrate before it can be used, just like when you take delivery of your car and want to get autopilot going for the first time. When Tesla did my windshield, I ended up, I had to drive it for about maybe 30 miles or so, exactly like when I took delivery in order to get autopilot back up and running again. So I hope that helps clear up that little mini mystery for you and anyone else who may end up going uh, with a third-party vendor for, uh, for glass replacement for insurance reasons. James, thank you, as always, for your call. Let me go to Greg in California calling in about lane splitting. Greg is a law enforcement officer, so he can explain this. Uh, this was in response to... Uh, that story I shared from a listener last week about uh, about a, a lane-splitting motorcyclist in California who was extraordinarily unhappy with a with an autopiloting Tesla driver. So if you didn't hear that, go check that out from the call-ins last week. But for now, here is Greg. Hey, Ryan. This is Greg out of California. Love the podcast. I'm a law enforcement officer here, and I ride a motorcycle in law enforcement calling in regards to the last caller who mentioned lane splitting and the road rage incident 
in California, the whole lane sharing concept has been around for a long time. And out of experience, uh, pretty much nine times out of 10, if you're choosing to split lanes and an accident happens, 90% of the time it's going to be your fault. Typically, there's a unwritten thought that if you're just driving down the road, there's an expectation that you won't continually have to look beside you in the lane to see if someone's there. Therefore, if you as a motorcycle rider are choosing to do that, then you're taking a risk by trying to save time by lane splitting. So even as a law enforcement officer, when I split and let's say I were to get in an accident, there's a good chance that I, again, will be found at fault, even though I'm doing as part of my job. Hope that helps out. Have a great day. Greg, that really does help. Thank you very much. Uh, I, I really appreciate your explanation there from your very expert, very firsthand perspective. This is one of those calls. I have nothing to add to it, but I learned something from that. Uh, after, you know, now I have something to keep in mind as I autopilot and hopefully don't have any incidents with, with lane splitting motorcyclists. But uh, thank you very much, Greg. I, I do appreciate that. Let's go to Stefan in Toronto coming up next. Uh, he has a question about Smart Summon and his particular Tesla. Go ahead, Stefan. Hi, Ryan. Hope all is well. This is Stefan calling from Toronto. It's been a while since I've called. Uh, and it's also been uh, a bit of a while since I've caught up to your episodes. I've been catching up with the last uh, three, but I believe I have about six or seven to catch up to. Uh, I apologize for that. It's just been really busy with a new job and a new baby. But I wanted to ask a question uh, that I'm not sure has been covered. Um, I am a 2018 Model 3 owner. I um, took delivery in June of uh, 2018. I uh, do have enhanced autopilot and what I wanted to understand uh, is whether or not advanced or smart summon will be included with enhanced autopilot versus uh, full self-driving. I don't think anyone's been able to give me a clear answer online. I've been searching the forums and um, there are some people who seem to be very sure via credible sources but they don't name those sources that uh, enhanced autopilot should be sufficient enough uh, for smart or advanced summon and there's others that are arguing uh, without, uh, as, without, without the same confidence that you would actually require the full self-driving package on top of the EAP in order for uh, us to benefit from um, smart summon or enhanced summon. So I'm just wondering if you have any insight on that. If, um, if you can maybe look into it and uh, let us know, that'd be great because um, I don't plan on uh, purchasing FSD uh, especially if I have EAP, um, uh, you know, un unless I see certain features that warrant uh, the added cost. Okay, thanks a lot. Have a great day. Hello, Stefan. And first of all, congratulations on the big life changes. To your call, uh, I can help you with this. And the good news is that, yes, enhanced autopilot owners will get Smart Summon. It is the final new feature yet to be added to the Enhanced Autopilot package. Every new trick that rolls out after this, reading stop signs, traffic lights, speed limit signs, uh, surface street autopilot, and ultimately, of course, full hands-off 
go to sleep in the car self-driving is going to require the full self-driving package and that new full self-driving computer. But you are good to go for Smart Summon. Thanks so much for calling in, Stefan. Let's go to Carl in Austin. Wants to talk about the uh, black seatbelt staining on my white seats. Carl, you're on the air. Hello, Ryan. This is Carl from Austin. Eager to know what the findings were concerning the stains um, in the back seat, what uh, the findings were as far as Tesla. Also, I remember you mentioning ceramic coating protection. Would that protection have prevented this situation from happening? We are kind of pondering our options with the white interior on the Tesla Y as well. Um, Maybe get some feedback from Immaculate Reflections concerning this matter. Thanks so much. Bye. Interesting question here, Carl. I mean, you heard my update last week. Uh, I'm sorry I couldn't get to your call until this week's episode, but with regard to ceramic coating, I know different detailers feel differently about it. Uh, I have spoken to Jeff at Immaculate Reflections about ceramic coating the white seats in the past, and he is not a fan of it. And what's funny is, and for the life of me now, I know I asked him why, and he had a reason that made perfect sense, but it escapes me now, and I'm going to have to ask him again. But um, I haven't mentioned this incident to him with the with the seatbelt thing, so I'm not sure if if this would will change his his feeling on it or not. But I do need to to get in touch with him. Definitely food for thought. I will look into this. I should also mention that a few people recommended the magic eraser to me to try that out. Well, I did try it, and unfortunately, it did not have any material effect, sadly. Uh, I'm not sure if there's anything I can do. And, and to be clear, I mean, it's not terrible, but it is it is noticeable on a car that I plan to have for many, many years that's still very new and has not, you know, has not seen a lot of wear and tear. So it's a little disappointing. It's not the end of the world, but if anybody out there has any other suggestions, I am absolutely all ears. Let me go. Actually, we'll stay in Texas. Let's talk to George in Fort Worth, who uh, is curious about insurance. Go ahead, George. Hi, Ryan. This is George from Fort Worth, Texas. I've become a huge fan over the past few years and hope to have a Tesla of my own one day. Uh, I wanted to get your thoughts on Tesla's recent insurance product announcement. Obviously, this has a lot of benefits by making insurance more affordable for the customer, streamlining and simplifying the process of obtaining the insurance for the customer, as well as streamlining and simplifying the process of filing insurance claims and getting the customer's car repaired in the event of an incident. But I wanted to get your thoughts on how this could potentially impact Tesla's future robo-taxi service. So currently, drivers for services like Uber and Lyft have to pay a rate premium for their insurance since they're using their car for a ride-sharing service and not just for personal use. So I could see Tesla's insurance product as being even more of a competitive advantage for them compared to services like Uber and Lyft. Since Tesla will take a cut of revenue from each rideshare, Tesla will have a financial benefit when their car owners offer up their Teslas for ridesharing. Therefore, I think it would make sense that Tesla could offer a more affordable insurance rate premium to those who use their Teslas for ridesharing versus the rate premium that traditional insurance companies charge those who use their cars for services like Uber and Lyft. So thanks again for all the dedication and hard work you put into the show every week. 
and I look forward to your thoughts. George, welcome to the podcast. And this is an excellent first call from you because that is absolutely an excellent point. I actually hadn't thought that far ahead with Tesla's insurance product, and I should have. I think you are totally on the right track here. In fact, given how important autonomy is in the grand vision of Tesla's future, the Tesla insurance offering may have even been created with the RoboTaxi fleet in mind. Great stuff, George. Thank you so much once again for that excellent call. Let's go to Joe from Rising Sun, Maryland. Picked himself up a particularly unique Tesla that he wanted to talk about. Go ahead, Joe. Hi, Ryan. Joe from Rising Sun, Maryland. Just listening to last week's podcast, and there was a gentleman that had a question about getting a performance package on a Model 3, but without the 20-inch wheels and the lowered suspension. Um, I actually wanted to say that I got one of these models myself. It wasn't necessarily, you know, an off-menu thing. Uh, I was actually talking to a order specialist and had just made the comment of, hey, I kind of wish I could get the performance package without, you know, just getting the aero wheels and without the 20-inch wheels. And she said, oh, well, we actually happen to have a bunch of those in inventory. And... I can look and see if we have any in your area. And sure enough, there were several in my area that had the color I wanted, and that's what I got. Had the car for about three weeks now, and I love it. It's like riding a roller coaster work every day. Thanks. Thanks, Joe. My understanding is that Tesla isn't doing this anymore, but I have to say, I did see one on the road with the 19-inch sport wheels. Now, the the original P3D Stealth, quote-unquote, was with the 18s. And uh, when I saw this one with the 19s, I had to do a double take because it had the red underline on the badge. I was like, wait, wait, what? For, for just a second. But yeah, I, I feel like we're inching towards Tesla maybe offering an optional paid upgrade from to, to take you from dual motor to that stealth performance. You know, you wouldn't get the 20-inch wheels unless you bought them separately. You wouldn't get the slightly lower suspension. You wouldn't get the spoiler, but... You know, I, I wonder if that's ever going to happen because it does seem like it's it's within Tesla's capability and, you know, they could convert some revenue on that if they did decide to offer it at a, you know, semi-reasonable price. Thanks so much, Joe. We've got, let's see, one, two, three more callers to get to. Let's go to Antonio from Southern California responding to Mateus from Germany last week about a SIM card, using a SIM card in a Tesla. It's time for me to learn something here. Go ahead, Antonio. Hi, Ryan. Antonio from Southern California, from Canal Tesla Brazil here. I'm calling to provide some additional information regarding the use of a non-Tesla SIM card on Tesla cars. The question came from Matthias from Germany on episode 213. Well, here's how the cellular connection works on countries where Tesla is not officially present yet. Removing part of the dashboard allows access to where the SIM card is, is stored in the car. You can do this for all three models, but it is a lot easier to access the SIM card slot in the Model 3 than it is in the Model S and X. I've never done this myself, but I know people who have. Uh, if you're a handy kind of person and like to try this yourself, just look it up on YouTube, how to replace a Tesla SIM card. Uh, but uh, keep in mind that just switching the card isn't enough for you to use your own carrier SIM, though. 
you have to contact Tesla, uh, just contact a service center and ask them for a non-Tesla SIM card waiver. You have to fill out a form they send you um, and then you have to, they have to sort of unlock your car to allow it to connect through the third-party SIM card. Now, the process uh, may, take a f may, may take some time for it to complete, but uh, I've never heard of a case where Tesla doesn't allow, doesn't approve the request. Uh, the one thing to keep in mind, though, is that this works for markets where Tesla is not officially present yet, which is the case of Brazil. Uh, I would imagine that it works the same way in markets where, where Tesla is already present, but I'm not sure. As always, thanks for the show. Take care. Bye now. Antonio, I was not aware of that. Thank you for that information. I suppose since AT&T is not available globally, that the, the cellular data carrier is going to vary in a Tesla from country to country. I would be curious to learn more about that. I also want to thank, I believe if I heard him correctly, Chert from Slovenia, who called in about this as well. Again, it's like, I love learning new stuff about Tesla. That's it's actually one of my favorite parts about the, the hotline part of the show here specifically. I love getting not only opinions and perspectives from you guys, but I get to learn stuff too because I don't know everything. I do my best to do good research and be accurate and factual and, and uh, you know give complete information, but uh, it is fun when I get to learn stuff too. Two more callers this week. Let's go to Todd in Orlando. Uh, buckling down for Hurricane Dorian and wants to talk about uh, which Tesla might be most appropriate for him. Go ahead, Todd. Hey, Ryan. Todd from Orlando here. Currently listening to your podcast as I prepare for Hurricane Dorian. I'm curious to hear your thoughts on something I think many first-time Tesla buyers are asking themselves as we get closer to the end of 2019. My wife and I are actually taking delivery of a new Model X on September 7th after the hurricane, thankfully. But I'm curious if you'd suggest to others in the market for a new Tesla to hold off for maybe the Model Y or even next year to possibly see a refresh in the S or X. My wife and I thought of ourselves and came to the conclusion that we love the X today and didn't want to wait. Hey, Ryan, one last note. I'd love to hear you as a guest over at the IGN GameScoop podcast with Damon. It would be fun to hear you talk about some of the gaming happening in the Teslas and see what the crew there thinks about that. Thanks for taking the call and please keep making this great podcast. Well, Todd, it looks like your call got cut off there. Sorry about that. First of all, uh, I hope you're staying safe during the hurricane. Uh, I mean, it, it has just been unreal what I'm seeing clips of online, and that's just a, a video on a computer screen. That's that's hardly living it. So, man, just best wishes to you and to everybody uh, affected there. Secondly, I do want to wish you congratulations on that upcoming Model X delivery. I mean, hey, at least that's something to look forward to for when Dorian is over, at least. I am confident in saying that I think you're going to love it. But as to recommending what people should buy or wait for, you know, I, I'm always, I like talking about this, but I always want to make sure I'm caveating it. Like, I don't know what's best for anyone other than me. You know, it's, it's always, and sometimes I don't even know what's best for me. You know, it's, it's a tricky proposition because everybody's needs and wants and timelines are all different. You know, some people need a car very soon for whatever reason, so it makes sense for them to evaluate uh, what's out right now. Other people have more time, and so maybe waiting for the why could make sense. I mean, I'll say this. If the why is anything... If the Y is to the X as, to the, as the 3 is to the S, and again, I, I stress this is simply my own opinion here, the Y, 
that would make the Model Y about 75% as much car and as awesome of a car as the X is, but for 50% of the price. Again, my own opinion, we'll see. The biggest difference, just off the cuff, just sort of, you know, raw difference aside from price, but as far as the car itself, is the seating. You know, the Y, again, in my opinion here, based on the one ride I was lucky enough to get in the car at the, the announcement event, the Y is a car, to me, that seats five adults and two kids if you get the optional third row, five plus two. Whereas I can say that I've, I've personally ridden a number of times in the third row of a Model X as a fully grown adult and been perfectly comfortable. So to me, the X is more, uh, instead of a five plus two, it's a six or seven adult seater car. So I really feel like th those are two of the, or that is one of the, the major differences between the Y uh, and the X. But you know, sure, you've got stuff like the giant windshield and the Falcon wing doors, but getting down to it, I think the seating is a big, big factor. And remember, too, that even if you want a three-row Model Y, you're going to be waiting until some totally undetermined part of 2021, not fall 2020. It, you know, it could be spring 2021. Maybe it is going to be relatively quick after production gets going, but it could be fall of 2021. It could be late 2021 for all we know now. So it could be a long wait, which again, might make perfect sense for some people, but not work at all for other people. So Todd, enjoy that Model X and take care. Finally this week, last and certainly not least at all, Kaz in San Diego has, uh, well, he's in heaven, and I'll let him explain why. Kaz, you're on the air. Hey, Ryan and fellow Tesla family. Kaz in San Diego with some good news. The planets aligned, things were in my favor, and I got my hands on a Tesla Model S. It's a 2017 60 kilowatt black with black interior with the graphite turbines, and I could not be happier. I'm in absolute heaven, and my wife really wishes I would stop talking about the car. Um, but I've got two questions that I was hoping you or the community could help me out with. Um, of course, I got the 2.0 hardware in this vehicle with the updated software. And I've noticed with Navigate on autopilot, she's really paranoid about making right lane changes. Uh, whenever I indicate she'll either take a long time or start to get over and double back with nothing in range or anything to cause her to think that there's a vehicle there. Uh, left lane changes are very smooth. It's just the right. So I'm wondering if that's Maybe something I need to get checked, or if this is just a common issue with Navigate on Autopilot with the 2.0 hardware. Um, I don't imagine the newer vehicles have this issue. And then on um, another topic, uh, when it comes to Smart Summon in V10, I was wondering if that's an update that will meaningfully affect this car as well, given the older hardware. So I'd appreciate the feedback. Thank you, guys. Loved episode 213. Catch you later. Kaz, hello, and congratulations to you on that Model S. Uh, I would say that I would take the car in for a service appointment on that because that is not normal behavior. And I would bet that Tesla will get it totally sorted out for you. Now, as for Smart Summon and V10, yes, you should get both. Everyone gets V10. It just depends on you know, the age of your car, uh, which features you're going to get. 
you know, but everybody will get that version 10. And as for Smart Summon, you should be good to go on that as well. So happy to pass that along. Again, congrats on the new car. I know uh, you and I, he's, he, Kaz has been emailing me about his, his Tesla journey for a little while, and he's been very eager to jump in for a while now. So uh, Kaz, I am really glad to hear that you're loving your car. And I'm really glad to hear from all of you who call in in the Ride the Lightning hotline. Again, thank you so much for your participation. I welcome it. I invite it and I appreciate it. So if you would like to send in a question, comment, or discussion topic from the world of Tesla, uh, please do so using either of those two easy methods that I mentioned at the top of this segment. For now, give me a quick breather here. Be right back. I'll get your uh, tip of the week and then some closing thoughts right after this. Well, I've managed to keep my car, the Spirit of Adventure, clean this week without having to wash it again, which always feels good. But uh, yeah, nothing, nothing super fun to report. I'm, I will say I'm gearing up for now two road trips in my Model 3 in Q4. I'm going to be heading to L.A. in October for an event that I am uh, eager to tell you about when the time comes. It is relevant to the interests of the uh, the audience here on this podcast. So I'll tell you about that uh, when I can. And then I am planning to head to Arizona one more time in December over the holidays to uh, to spend some time with my family down there. And so, uh, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting because I've done each of those drives once in my first year of ownership, and now I'll be doing them again here in year two. And for those of you that, again, may be newer to Tesla and maybe haven't taken your Tesla on a road trip yet, I, I'll be curious to hear your experiences if, you, if you're ever interested in relaying them to me, either by calling in about it or, or emailing in or, or what have you, because I found uh, that I was very, I mean, anxious isn't the right word. I wouldn't call it range anxiety, but I would say I was, I was definitely overly cautious on the first trip where, you know, I just, I wanted to make sure I was like, let me stay an extra five or 10 minutes at every supercharging stop to really make sure I've got plenty of juice to get to the next stop. And, and sure enough, I did that on my, uh, my first trip, which was a drive to the Phoenix area over the holidays. And so that was, that was a long day. I mean, that was an entire day made longer by the fact that I did uh, stay longer at every single charging stop. But th the trade-off for that was I never once fretted about making it to the next the next charger. And so, uh, you know, I learned a lot from that trip just in the sense of a feel for the car and a feel for, you know, what the efficiency is like, what, you know, how what speed does to the efficiency, how obviously the, the faster you go, the more energy you're going to burn, but sort of learning that, well, you can, you, when the battery is in a lower state of charge, you recharge faster. So there's really necessarily no need to drive any differently in, in driving style than you would in a gas car. Just, just go. And if you, you know, you, roll up it with 10% battery life. Well, guess what? You're just going to, you're going to hit a higher, uh, recharge rate. You're going to have a, a higher kilowatt <laughs> rating at that supercharger. 
uh, as you as you juice up. In fact, what's nice is when I do this year's LA and Arizona runs, I will have higher charging rates to play with because uh, now we're up to 150 kilowatts at most of the you know most of the regular V2 superchargers, which was not the case when I when I did uh, my last trips, which were it was you know Phoenix uh, over the holidays last year, and then I went to LA for the Model Y event in March. So yeah, it's uh, it'll I've you know the the charging thing is I think that's really the thing that that you'll you'll get the feel of quickly. Like you'll you know you you'll you kind of feel it out, and then you learn okay. Here's what the car can do, and here's here's what's what's nice and comfortable. So, I am looking forward to those trips, and I'll certainly be telling you all about how they go. Uh, fingers crossed, I don't take any rocks to the windshield this time, or any other road hazards for that matter. Which which is what happened on the Arizona trip. I took a rock to the windshield, and that started my whole um, fairly annoying six or so week windshield replacement odyssey. But anyway. That's what's up with me. Let me give you a pro tip of the week. It comes in from Diego in Portland, uh, who has what I think is a really fantastic tip right here. Diego, you're on the air. Hey, Ryan. This is Diego in Portland. Uh, Answering someone's question on the last show regarding location-aware walk-away lock feature, something that I've actually bothered Elon on Twitter about, but haven't really gotten an answer yet. Uh, there's a way around this that a buddy of mine showed me. Basically, you can create a separate profile. So I created a home profile, and the only difference is it has the walkaway lock feature disabled. So I parked the car at home, so I just have to remember to put it on the home profile, and you're good to go. All right, thanks for the show. Bye. Well, I guess making two taps on the screen when you get home in order to enable this is about as minimally inconvenient as you can get. Great work around there, Diego. Thank you so much for calling in. Uh, Let me wrap up by doing the plugs. AbstractOcean.com has got plenty of gear for you and mostly for your car, whether you want a tempered glass screen protector for that Model 3 dashboard screen, center console wraps in various designs and textures, They've got all that stuff. The uh, ro- the original Roadster style T E S L A lettering. You can get that for the back of your Model Three. I've seen a number of Model Threes that put that on. It looks pretty nice. I think it's a it's a good look. But anything you want to grab at AbstractOcean.com, load it all in your cart and then use coupon code RTL Podcast. All one word. RTL Podcast at checkout to get fifteen percent off of your first order. Meanwhile, Immaculate Reflections continues to offer the $100 discount on any ceramic coating package or front-end paint protection film package. If you step that up and do a full-body paint protection film package uh, on the whole car, it's $250 off. If you are a military, current, or veteran military member, there is an additional discount waiting for you if you present your military ID. So get in touch with Immaculate Reflections on their website, irdetailing.com. If you'd like to see some examples of Jeff at Immaculate Reflections' work, you can, well, you can look at my Instagram, which is DMC underscore Ryan. You can look at Jeff's Instagram, which is Immaculate underscore Reflections, or you can look him up on Yelp, too, at yelp.com slash Immaculate Reflections all one word. So uh, take a look over there. If you're in the market for a wireless 
charging pad for your smartphone in your Model 3. Jada has got you covered. I have been using it uh, since it came out. It is fantastic. It is performance Model 3 launch proof. It looks good. It looks, again, I've said this before, but uh, it looks stock. Like it looks like it came from the factory that way, which is always, that's how I like things to look in the car. I, I like it to look original, even if it's not. So uh, if you want to grab th one of those and or the USB uh, charge, not the charging hub, but just the USB hub to add, give yourself a few extra USB ports. And it's got that cool like dummy door to hide your dash cam USB stick in and it fits perfectly flush. It's designed to fit against that back wall of the, the Model 3 center console where the, the USB ports are. So uh, either of those products, they're on Jada's website, which I would appreciate if you would use my referral link. No discount here, sadly, but full transparency. If you use my link, they'll throw me a couple of bucks should you decide to purchase. So uh, I'd appreciate that. The link is getjada.com. That's J-E-D-A, getjada.com slash R-E-F slash eight. You can email me anytime, teslapodcast at gmail.com. Tweet me at DMC underscore Ryan. And I mentioned my Instagram a minute ago as well. Uh, and I'd also like to mention, of course, the Patreon. You know, I put a lot of time and energy and uh, love and effort into this podcast. If you like it enough, enjoy it enough, that you feel like I've earned your monetary support, it is totally optional, but if that is something that you see fit to do, I'd certainly appreciate it. You can learn more about the different support tiers on my Patreon page, which is found at patreon.com slash teslapodcast. Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. I think that will about wrap it up, other than, of course, mentioning the fact that you can subscribe to the podcast for free. That's just having it download to you each week. You can subscribe on iTunes, which I guess now is moving sort of to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, uh, TuneIn. Of course, TuneIn's in your Tesla, so yes, you can find and, and subscribe and get this podcast right in your Tesla. I'm also on Spotify, audio only on YouTube, and uh, yeah, those are all the major places to get the show. And finally, as always, I'll wrap up by, uh, well, before the, the outro theme and the final Elon Musk stinger clip, I want to thank, of course, the wonderful Patreon producers, the folks supporting me at the producer tier, which means they get pretty well all the, all the extra little bonuses, including a shout-out each and every week. So Dennis Peak, Sunil Joseph, David Perella, Neil Weaver, Kaz Barnes, Charlie Gillespie, Aaron Appleby, Matthew Wright, John Cody, Chris Knesnick, Larry Lynch, Ron Lee, Rob Brewer, Tesla Owners Taiwan, Jeremy Harris, Josh, Daniel Grummer, Other Jeremy, Michael Waddle, Luxendary.com, Dory and Steve Guberman, Joel Sapp, Lyle Austin, Bill Royko, Brian Hope, uh, Jerry and Mary Smith, Gabriel Salaz, David Nondahl, Eric Randolph, Luke A., Ulrich Lassa, David Vakil, Rome Strack, Peter Chalet, Lawton from Chicago, Lars Hoffman, Marcus Mayenshine, Tim Hyde, Joe Edgel, 
Jason Chalukas, Robert Maracle, Michael Lester, Logan Willis, Alexi Heft, Jonathan Wales, David Brander, George Cassiopo, Wolfgang Obergen, and Pete White. I want to thank all of you for your continued wonderful support. It makes a massive difference in my life, and uh, I, I sincerely appreciate the support of, of all of you guys and everybody, no matter if you're whatever you're contributing. It, uh, it, it all, like I said, it's, it, it all adds up, and it makes a really nice difference and, and really helps justify the, the time, energy, and effort that goes into this each and every week. And you guys know it's every week, and I do not take weeks off. I pride myself on that. Daisy, though, has taken the rest of the night off. She is snoring away just to my left on the couch. Uh, I'm going to join her very shortly as soon as I finish editing, mixing, and uh, scheduling this podcast for publish. So those of you who are supporting me on Patreon at the uh, early access tier or higher, you're going to get this one night earlier than usual. I hope you enjoy it. To uh, everybody else, have an excellent... Well, not everybody else. To everybody, period. Have an excellent week and... Uh, happy electric motoring, and I'll see you next week. I mean, I think a Tesla it's the most fun thing you could possibly buy ever. That's what it's meant to be. Our goal is to make... It's, it's not exactly a car. It's actually a thing to maximize enjoyment. It's maximum fun.